Hello pals, my name is Soph. You are listening to this composed mess. I am a non-binary queer person that uses they, them, and he, him pronouns. Let me tell you, gender is a wild thing. I am so happy you're here. This is my podcast where I just talk about stuff. Um, this week specifically, we're just going to address some of your questions. You know, it's been a couple weeks of posting episodes, and I am so thankful for all of the feedback that y'all have given me, all of the support, my two-star review on Apple Podcasts with no explanation. Um, I'm thankful for all of it. So I'm happy you're here, happy we can dive into the conversation. I wanted to just kind of have a quick check-in with all of y'all. You know, I joke around that this is a one-side FaceTime call, but that's really sometimes what it feels like for me. So this week has not been ideal. Transparently, I'm, I'm feeling a little burned out. I, I say that a lot, but really I'm feeling overwhelmed. I, uh, school's kind of kicking my butt. I'm not in the best environment, but that's okay. Um, on top of the fact that just I, I've switched up pronouns and kind of came to my two and gender identity, and that's been a big thing of finding out where I need to have more self-acceptance and more open communication towards myself and loving myself. So it's been a week. I am incredibly thankful for all of y'all. It's been a week of uh, depressive symptoms to the point that I made a YouTube video today of how I get, um, how, what I do after depressive um, symptom mood. So Maybe that will be up around-ish the time that y'all see this and listen to this. I'm incredibly thankful for all of y'all. Thank you for being here this week, and I hope your week is going well. Um, you know, it's a Monday, so we're starting our week if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. If not, I just hope that our week in general is going well. Um, with everything being said, I've gotten a lot of questions and DMs and stuff in the, the six months I've been posting on TikTok, but specifically now with the podcast, I wanted to kind of you know, every maybe five to 10 episodes, do another like Q and a check in, talk about stories. Um, because some of your questions are really great and y'all were great. Um, I posted it on my personal Instagram, so I'm happy y'all are here and let's, let's talk a little bit more. Before I address your questions, though, I do want to talk a little bit about a story that really um, means a lot to me. I think it's just something that is fun to talk about now and looking back of like we have literally been in the middle of a panoramic for a year now. And this is around 10 months ago already. It was June of 2020. And it was a time where, you know, TikTok was new to me. And it was one of the first videos I absolutely posted that is really ironic that it's at a million views and like made me, I guess, kind of like pretty prevalent in the queer like lgbtqa space in tiktok at that time um and that is the story of goodwill girl i've had a couple of people ask questions about it and was just like curious on where i'm at with that story and i kind of wanted to follow up like okay if i only knew what i knew now um about the whole situation it, it i would have probably made the video different i would have for sure made it different in the fact i didn't close caption it and i still look at that now like that's a video with a million views and there's no closed captions and i beat myself about it but i do want to tell the story a little bit which isn't something that all of you asked for but something i want to address so i don't expect people to like dive into my old tiktoks and like look through them absolutely not you do not have to but um the story of good old girls basically i was shopping at my local goodwill I kick myself at the fact I was shopping in June 2020 and I can admit that I was wearing a mask and socially distancing but like I probably should not have been out in public I shouldn't have been um that I decided to go out in public and shop at Goodwill and so I'm shopping at Goodwill this is my local Goodwill that I know really well and this man 
comes up to me and taps my shoulder and starts like flirting with me really uncomfortably and he's pretty close to me number one uh isn't my type bluntly because I'm already like I am in love with women I'm a lesbian and just am not like out in the open to everyone number two I'm just like really uncomfortable with how close he is to me and I'm like okay part of this is like yes I did grow out in the middle of panoramic and I shouldn't have but you should not be close to me like step off so he starts talking to me and like is making me not the most comfortable and he's like oh my gosh you're so beautiful like why don't you have a like do you have a boyfriend and I was like no because I just I my men- mentally didn't feel the need to lie and he's like oh I can't believe like you don't and I just felt super uncomfortable and I'm standing there like trying to just shop through the racks, minding my own business. And this beautiful girl with like her other friends, she probably was right around my age, comes up to me and is like, babe, are you okay? How are you doing? Is everything okay? Like, um, and starts having like a conversation with me, basically like I am their partner and the man takes the hint and like walks away. And after he walks away, she like looks at me, she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, thank you so much. And she's like, men, like really, I was like, I know they're the worst. And I freaked out because at this point I've never been hit on by women. I don't know if she's being like polite, if she actually likes me, like I couldn't actually figure that out. Um, and so she just like walked back to her friends and continued the day and I continued my day. And I still like kick myself at the fact that like, I didn't get her number. Nothing happened in this situation, but I didn't want to address it just because it's a story of like my queer experience. June 2020 and posting that video on TikTok and watching it blow up and watching the queer community like support me and trying to find Goodwill Girl is something that I will never forget. I still have people ask like about what happened to Goodwill Girl and I can't tell you the the answer. I've gone to that Goodwill multiple times. Um, have not been able to find her. That TikTok got a million views and like she never showed up. Um, so I don't know who Goodwill Girl is. If she's out there, thank you. Thank you so much. You truly solidified my career journey and just realizing like women are beautiful and um screw men. That was like a big motto in my head, like after that happened, like, wow, anything I can do, anything like he can do, I can do better as a female, even though I'm not a female anymore. But at the time that just was a huge big deal of like I am a lesbian. This is how I identify. Heck yeah, women are amazing and I love them for it. And I I truly am thankful for the good old girl story. Something I just wanted to talk about. Also, I'm talking really quiet just because I'm filming later at night. Thank you, uh, sleep schedule and work schedule. But I am so thankful y'all are here. If you don't know the Goodwill story, you can feel free to watch the TikTok. If not, that's absolutely fine. On top of just talking about the Goodwill story, I also want to address the fact that I do have a YouTube channel. I, I've started posting on there again. If anyone wants to check it out, it's just Sofa Dell on YouTube. And um, it'll, it'll, it's on my Instagram and stuff, but I just want to thank you so much for giving me the platform that I have, telling these stories, getting to talk transparently with y'all. I really appreciate it. So here's a little bit of a Q&A. Also just diving into my gender identity right now. This past week I did um, come out and, you know, openly say like, I am transgender. These are the pronouns I use. I would much rather be misgendered as a man than a female. Um, That's just where I'm at. And so I can dive into a little bit more about like why with my gender identity, it's, it's fluid at the same time. And I still am comfortable with lesbian and like, let's dive into that. I'm so happy you're here. Okay. So I was kind of surprised. I asked y'all for questions and I got quite a bit. So I kind of have broken them into categories. I have gender and sexuality, religion, life, and self-acceptance is a big one too of things you guys were asking me. So I'm so happy you're here. Um, let's, let's dive into gender just because it's, it's a lot of the questions y'all have been asking me, which makes me incredibly happy that I've created a space and have a platform to talk about something that um, a lot of people don't talk about or address. A lot of people see like, oh, this is someone that has came out, but um, 
they don't talk about beforehand, and that's for multiple reasons, and all of those are completely valid reasons. But I, I'm excited to talk and dive in. So a big question was, what helped you find your gender identity? And I, 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 I was thinking of a way to answer this, and like I know that indeed TikTok did help. Um, seeing queer representation, seeing people that identified as non-binary and more people that identified as transgender that were just living their life um, in their true identity. And I was watching them and admiring them in such a way of like, I can't wait till I can be that versus wow, I admire them for having strength. It was like, I can't wait till I can do that too. And that was kind of an aha moment of like, you want so badly to be like them. And I started realizing, wait, no, um, I am someone that would identify as trans and would um, feel comfortable in using they them pronouns and uh, explored a lot but I guess the number one thing that really helped me solidify my gender identity and coming to terms with it would be specifically when Elliot Page came out to the general public and the New York Times wrote the article about Elliot Page and um, I felt so valid uh, I cried quite a bit and this was less than a month ago and if pals don't know um, Elliot Page is an actor that you've probably seen in Juno and is in the Umbrella Academy. And I always had a crush on Elliot Page. Um, I loved all the work that Elliot was in, but throughout a lot of the work, um, no one would ever see kind of the person that they were identifying as and weren't being, weren't feeling valid in that identity. And um, Elliot came out as non-binary and transgender and would like to be addressed by using he, him, and they, them pronouns. And I was reading this article just about um, the the acting situation that they were put in and how society conditioned them to believe they had to look this way. And I really started admiring Elliot in um, red carpets and stuff, even like four to five years ago, wearing suits and playing with... Um, our brains of what straight gender society has decided to label as feminine and masculine. And, um, I, I looked up to Elliot a lot. So watching Elliot come out in such a big mainstream way and seeing all of the support, um, was something that I think really made me feel valid in the way and the emotions that I was feeling and reading that article of like, yes, I feel the exact same way at the same time. I read that article and was looking at all of the comments with so much fear and anxiety towards the amount of hate and transphobia and like I don't know um if I'm ready to put myself out there in that way because I am someone that likes playing it safe I know that that's crazy to think from how outspoken and open-minded I am on this platform but um in life I am someone that really puts safety before everything else I never broke rules as a kid so that's something that I think really helped me find my gender identity and having the environment to figure it out to be curious um, like, uh, the second question was, what does gender feel like to you and advice for figuring out gender? Um, the biggest thing I could say is that I, um, feel, I feel pretty fluid in the way that I identify as non-binary and want people to use they, them pronouns for me. I also understand that, um, we live in a world where it should be basic human decency to value pronouns, but sometimes people get confused and haven't been exposed to a lot, and that's valid too, and patience is something I truly do have, um, and humility, 
And so with a lot of my classmates, I've had the conversation of like, um, can we just start associating your brain with he, him pronouns for me, please? Because the concept of being called ma'am or a woman makes me physically ill. And I have a work environment and a school environment who have been very um, validating towards that and have caught themselves um, misgendering me and saying it to my face like, I'm so sorry. Um, and correcting customers when customers will come to the window and be like, oh my God, so she's so positive. And they'll be like, no, they're so positive. And then customers like have learned. So that's something that I think advice wise is to try where you can um, to feel valid in having those conversations with the people around you. And that's not an easy thing at all. And I know that safety comes first, right? So that might not be the best thing or safest thing people can do but I'm I'm very opinionated on the fact that society needs to be way more open-minded and I get very um upset (laughs) when society isn't and so I try to be an advocate for myself in the ways that I can but also understand that my mental health um is important and sometimes mentally it's too exhausting for me to continuously correct people and put myself in maybe a slightly dangerous situation in doing so and sometimes um I don't correct people and I am misgendered and I think that's something that we should also talk about in the fact that like people that are non-binary and get misgendered and don't correct people are just as strong as the people that correct people case in point everyone's at different points in their gender identity some people are just even exploring the concept I know even six months ago I was like I am a femme lesbian women 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 I am a female and now I'm like absolutely not so things change and people change and I think that's important to address I mean honestly something too is someone asked like how did you know you were non-binary and the truth is that like this is something I have felt for a really long time but often pushed to the side I look back now at like how um valid I am and the fact that as a teenager if I had more representation around me I easily probably would have came out as non-binary sooner um and the fact that I wanted to perform hyper feminine to make up for the fact that um I truly inside was not feeling that way and so I tried so hard to appear hyper feminine to please um straight society for a really long time obviously I talk about the amount of men that I've dated and so that's a big part of it too like not saying that non-binary people owe you androgyny because they don't but um I tried so hard to appear femme and to have people compliment me on how beautiful I am and attractive I am and appeal to the male gaze and a big part of it is like when I came out as queer um I started dating my partner who presents more masculine quote-unquote And, um, I started to recognize that I think my partner is the most attractive person in the whole entire world. And a big part of that was like, I was admiring my partner in the way of like, I love my partner. They are so attractive, but like, I want to appear the way that my partner appears to like society. And so I'm so incredibly lucky that throughout all of this, um, my partner has still stood by me and loved me for me and has loved me more than my appearance. But, um, we look back now of like, I (laughs) slowly more and more, um, appear very similar to Lily and that's not a bad thing. It's just that, um, I fell in love with Lily for Lily and admired Lily for the way that they appeared. And I realized now like it was admiring and like, I want to appear like that, but don't have the strength to. And because of the relationship I have in, um, I have the strength to, and because of the 
therapy I am in and self-acceptance I have and going through the motions of realizing like I can look the way that I want to look. So I don't want to say like I had a moment of like I know I'm non-binary. I think it's something that just um, has been more and more on my mind the more representation I had. Um, A lot of people that really made me feel incredibly valid was um, Francis Forever <laughs> and um, Francis's partner are both non-binary and watching them and their love story I was like oh wait this is something that like I feel very very similar to and that was representation I really needed so if you haven't heard the song Space Girl um, you're living in a bubble and you should go listen to it but Francis was someone um, in media that really did help me specifically watching Francis's um, TikToks they're absolutely incredible and that meant the world to me so another question that people ask is how did you tell people close to you that you, you wanted to be called they, them um, in pronouns wise? Like that was that was the pronouns that you chose. And um, transparently, I had talked to my parents about it and my, my brother a little bit about it. Um, I'm I identify as non-binary and would prefer they, them and he, him. But I am comfortable to have my family still use she, her pronouns for me. I would never want anyone else to do it. Um, but I am very comfortable with my parents doing it and my brother doing it. And I think that's why part of it is like gender is fluid and, um, you are in charge of how you identify and no one else is allowed to have an opinion on it. Like this is your life. Um, and I'm still my parents' daughter and still my, my brother's sister. And that's something that I'm very um, opinionated on. Like, that's what I want them to identify me as. And she often goes along with that. And, like, that's valid and that's how I feel. Um, but I did post on Facebook. That was big. And I posted on Instagram, like, hi, my name's Soph. I use they, them pronouns. If that's confusing, I'd love to have a conversation about it. Um, and I'm non-binary. Um, transparently, and I'm going to be honest, um, a lot of people didn't react the way that I really need them to. Um, a lot of my friends were incredibly supportive and kind. Um, but one or two family members, uh, made comments of like, this came out of nowhere. I don't understand. Love yourself for yourself. You don't have to say this. Um, I'm confused. Is this, is this fake? Um, and that was like very, that was not what I needed to hear. Um, and since then, I've had hard conversations with family, and that that's personal that I won't dive completely into no matter how transparent I am. Um, but that's how I told people. I posted on Facebook, and most people were really accepting of it. And I posted on Instagram, and so many people were incredibly accepting of it. And a lot of um, people around me were really supportive and reached out to me. Um, some people asked, like, about if I would be open to changing my name, etc., And I was like, no, so still, like, makes sense to me completely, and I love my name. Um, So, yeah, that's that's something that is important to share. And I guess, like, the biggest way I told people is through Facebook and social media. And um, I didn't call up my family before telling them. I just posted it. And some people would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you didn't have personal conversations. But, like, uh, that's my family dynamic. So that's what I did. Um... Another question was he, him, or they, them, and the truth is, like, both are absolutely fine to me. Um, They, them's great. Like, those are pronouns I love. Um, More and more, I'm realizing that, like, he, him are absolutely valid, too, and in um, the world that we live in, I crave people misgendering me as a man versus a woman, Um, and so part of that is, like, okay, wait a second, like, maybe I would prefer to be called he, him. 
Um, but yeah, I, it's a valid question. And honestly, I don't have the answer for you at this point. Um, but those are kind of the gender questions I got from y'all. So I didn't get a ton of questions on sexuality, but I wanted to talk about them. Um, Brooke asked me, why do you still identify as lesbian if you're comfortable sharing? And that's like something that a lot of people on like TikTok have asked too. And I don't think there's like malicious intent in that whatsoever. Um, but I'm, I am very opinionated on this, that um, your sexuality and the pronouns that you choose in your gender identity, number one, are different. <laughs> um, like, they're not coinciding. Gender and sexuality are different. Number two, like, you are in charge of what you feel comfortable in. So, Brooke's question is absolutely valid, but to address it, um, yes, I use they, them pronouns. Yes, I use he, him pronouns. And people are like, well, lesbian is a woman-loving-woman relationship. And, like, by definition, that's actually not true. Um, I was assigned female at birth, and my partner was assigned female at birth. And so... For that reason, that is why I choose to say lesbian. Um, often I say gay and queer too, but there's such a, like, a society and so much media has portrayed like being a lesbian as such a bad thing or like an icky word. And so um, just as I do in labeling myself as a Christian, that's something that I see power in doing so to prove society different. And so I still use lesbian. Um, I mean, sometimes I don't. There's days where I'm like, I'm not a woman. I don't want to be perceived as a woman. Like, absolutely not. Um, and I'm not a woman. But um, there's days where I don't want to be associated with that term at all. And days where I'm like, yes, this is something that's feeling very comfortable and valid to me. Um, so maybe that doesn't answer your question directly, but that's something that that's how I perceive. Um, sexuality and gender can be fluid. They don't have to be specific. And labels are really comforting to people to find community and... Um, sometimes find their own self-acceptance, but they're not needed. And so although I gravitate towards that label, that's not something that I always attach myself to. So that answers that question, I think. Um, and then tips on long distance. Um, so for people that don't know, me and my partner Lily met six months ago, which is really cute. Um, we met six months ago on TikTok. So um, we started talking, like kind of flirty um, and we talked every single day on FaceTime for a good month, like hours and hours and hours. Like my face, our FaceTime calls were long. Um, and after about a month or so of talking, Lily asked me out through a Spotify playlist and we started dating. Um, and so I flew to the UK to meet Lily for the first time. So yes, I had a girlfriend before we had even held hands or kissed. Um, and we started dating. I spent a month with her and her family, and then I came back to Chicago, and we've been long distance for five months and haven't seen each other. Um, she lives in the UK. I live in the US, and um, right now, the UK citizens are banned from entering the US, so for people that don't know, that's something that um, has been really frustrating for our relationship due to my school schedule, due to the fact that I have like a pretty set schedule in my work. Um, I can't pick up and go visit my partner in the UK again, which is really frustrating because the US citizens can visit the UK with a lot of restrictions. But hopefully by May, um, Lily can come here and spend at least a month with me. Um, transparently, long distance is difficult. Like, I mean, and most everyone knows that. But um, long distance has been something that I think has been really great for us. As frustrating as it is, as badly as I want to make out with my girlfriend um, and give her a huge hug, we are very independent people. And we are at seasons in our life where I'm starting school, I'm starting a new career, um, I'm figuring my identity out and gender and even more in sexuality and pronouns and 
all this stuff is ever-changing, and my partner is Lily Ward. You should all go stream her new music. I'm very proud of her, but she's really growing in her music career, and um, it's been it's been really hard for us, but been great for us in the fact that um, she has time to focus on herself, and um, the time that we spend together is very intentional, so we don't get really sick of each other because it's very intentional time that we spend together. There's a six-hour time difference, so um, when I'm awake, she's asleep at night, and when I'm asleep, she's awake in the morning, so we get a lot of time to be by ourselves and, like, be very independent people who have fallen in love deeply. The biggest tip I can have, like, for people is to be patient And there is a huge level of trust that you need to have with your partner in order to make long distance work. Um, We are pretty patient people in the fact that there are some days where, like, mentally we are really drained and, like, we can't take time to FaceTime. And that really sucks, right? Because you you love each other so much and you want to see each other, specifically, like, being queer people. Um, There's no BS. Like, we are very transparent and open with our emotions, and I love her so dearly. But... You also have to have a really good level of trust in the fact that, like, some days I, like, look back at the day, like, I don't really know what Lily did today. Like, and that's okay, right? But, like, I'll look back at, like, oh, um, my partner, I think, like, fed the chickens, probably took a shower, like, had breakfast, worked on work. Um, We talked for, like, 20 minutes before they went to bed, and, like, that was our day, and we cowed up a little bit. But, like, there's a level of trust of, like, I don't know who Lily talked to today. Like, I don't know every meeting that Lily had. Um, or every friend that, like, sends an outshot to them, um, and that's something that, like, I'm okay with, but, um, some people aren't, and that's valid, too, like, everyone has different emotions and feelings towards long distance, um, which is something I think both of us would, like, never have considered until we met each other, but it works, and I'm very grateful to be in the relationship that, specifically, just, like, after the amount of pain that both of us have had, I think that's why it works, too, of, like, we do have a really big level of trust and love each other deeply. And I'm so, so, so thankful to say the least. So yeah, those are the only two questions I got on like sexuality, but now we're going to dive into religion. Okay. Taking a sip of seltzer water. So, um, the questions that I got were kind of all over the place. Um, and not a crazy amount by any means, but the number one question was like how to get closer to God. Um, So I want to preface the fact by, like, my faith is something that's became very individual to me, and so I'm very open to sharing it when people ask, but I want to start with the fact that, like, religion is not for everyone. The church and religion has done a lot more harm than good to people, not just the queer community, Um, and I'm very opinionated on the fact that, like, if you want to skip ahead, you do not have to listen to this part. Specifically, like, tips on getting closer to God is something that, like, um, I'm not a preacher, and I my faith is rocky, okay? So I don't want to come off as an expert by any means of, like, I'm super close to God because, honestly, I don't think I am. Um, for a really long time, for, like, a year and a half, which isn't crazy long, but for a year and a half, I pushed God away completely. I was like, screw you. I've had too much pain in my life. I am battling PTSD and depression and anxiety and a lot of I'm not taking care of myself, and you have not been here for me through it all. And I was really mad at God and really mad at organized religion and faith. Um, And so, like, my tip was to take some time away to then come back to my faith and recognize, like, what I believed for myself, not by what organized religion was telling me I needed to believe. Um, I view God as this being that is higher than everyone else, 
um, that cherishes me for me and made me beautifully and wonderfully created in their image. Um, I don't view God as feminine or masculine. I view God as God. So um, I would never call God a man. I would never call God a woman. Um, Bluntly, I think God is not binary and that is my opinion. So in order to get closer to God, a lot of it was like coming to terms with my own religion. Um, The best thing that I've done for my faith has been getting in my car and just talking to God like a person, like having just a conversation um, randomly, like, obviously, it's a one-sided FaceTime call, right, like, it's kind of like a podcast with God, um, but that's been big for me, is taking time to figure out my, my beliefs for myself, and have intentional conversations with God every day, versus, um, do specific prayers that are written down, which are not a bad thing, because that's a great place to start for a lot of people, um, but organized religion, and specific, like, prayers to read, Um, was not something I felt comfortable doing. I felt way too much structure. I felt like God was like this being that I could not reach and could not be intentional with and could like couldn't get to. And in order to get closer for me, it was flipping the switch of like God is my friend. God is with me. Um, And in order to get to the point of friendship, we just need to have honest conversations. (laughs) And so there are days that I talk to God and specifically pray and I'm mad like I don't I I give God a lot of praise in my prayer but um I talk about my anger and my emotions versus it being like this precious time where I don't voice any of my anger or concern with God so that's how I'm closer in my religion um and the question to follow that up was um why do we feel the need to prove how Christian we are as queer people which is incredibly valid Um, and I've talked about this a little bit, but 40% of the LGBTQA plus community identifies as Christian. So societies just decide to silence the fact that a lot of the alphabet mafia identifies as Christian. Um, Christianity in America has been made to appeal to straight cisgendered society. And so it's really hard to be a part of something that has caused pain for so many people. Um, Because a lot of people have grown up in the church as a completely different person, have then came out and wanted to come back to the church, but the church is not what they remember due to the fact that they felt like a different person when they were growing up in the church. So a lot of it is like Christians often that identify as queer and queer people that identify as Christian, um, everyone's in charge of their own labels. Sometimes people feel more inclined to be Christian than whatever, you know, those are all valid things. Um, But a lot of people, I think, feel the need to prove that because we have been so silenced by so much of the church, by so many different fractions and pieces of religion, that um, we are very outspoken in the fact that there needs to be more space for the LGBTQA plus community in churches. And I think the reason we feel the need to prove it is because we just, we, we are advocates for ourselves. Like, no one else is going to do it besides us, right? And there's not a lot of straight allyship in the Christian community. There is. It's completely there. I have friends that are very, very good at being advocates for the LGBT 
LGBTQI plus community in the church, but it's not popular. It's not common. It's not something we see every day. We see in media a lot of people that are very homophobic and transphobic that identify as Christian going to pride parades and raining on their parade, right? We don't see a lot of Christians that go to these pride parades as openly Christian people and are loving and accepting towards them. We see them coming to queer environments and trying to belittle them and not value them and take their opinion to heart. That's not to say that there aren't queer pastors. That's not to say that there aren't queer clergymen um, or clergy women, clergy people. But I think that's a big part of like why we feel the need to prove um, how Christian we are as queer individuals. And I hope that answers your question a little bit. To combat that, I also have a question. How do you deal with hateful Christians? Personally, I have accepted that I will walk into a room and make someone uncomfortable. That's the mindset that I have to prepare me for my own safety is a big thing. For my mental sanity and safety, I have accepted that when I walk into a room, someone's probably going to be uncomfortable. Not always, but if I've walked into that mindset knowing someone's going to be uncomfortable, I see a lot of pain in hateful Christians' hearts. I see a lot of work that needs to be done, a lot of anger, a lot of malice, a lot of pain um, that manifests into hate. I see God and I see faith in those hateful people, which is why I don't take it to heart because I know there is something deeper within them. I know that God is within them and that's something that's really painful in the fact of like where where has their battling of something been going wrong? Um, I don't take it too much to heart because I am very solidified in my identity and seeing God in my partner and knowing that I am valid as a queer person that identifies as Christian because I am made in God's image and just as valid as everyone else. In the original Hebrew translation, there is no form of homophobia at all and something that I'm very outspoken on. And so they, at some point, um, have been told something that's created this anger and hate. Um, and I can't always change that, but I can accept the fact that um, they're still a person. They still are here on this planet. And maybe that's just um, showing grace and knowing that um, I can't always fix the situation. And I have just been okay with being uncomfortable. That's not something I love to say, but that's something that I think um, is how I've combated um, the hate that I have gotten Um, And taking time to walk away from it, taking time to leave a situation, taking time to get off TikTok, taking time to walk away from social media and be with myself and surround myself by loving Christians, I think is how um, I deal with the anger and malice and hate and know that um, they often just don't know better. That's a big part of it. So... Um, life. I just made it to a category because I got some really cute things. Um, like, what is your sign? I'm a Leo. It's pretty obvious. I have a whole podcast and TikTok and YouTube channel and Instagram all devoted to me and me. Um, so I am a Leo. Um, and I have a whole episode on astrology. If you want to listen to that, absolutely you can. Um, my really sweet brother asked, when is your brother joining us? My brother is probably going to be on the podcast next week or the week after. Um, I think it's really fun to listen to my brother's perspective on just life and us growing up and um the people we are (laughs) and the people we've became because of the environments we've been in in all the best ways and some of not the best ways so 
My brother Damon will be joining us in a bit. The next question was celebrity crush growing up. Um, I joke around that it's Peter Pan because if anyone has listened to um, my past podcast, I was obsessed with Peter Pan as a child. But celebrity, um, I genuinely was a big, big, big Harry Styles fan all throughout like childhood. I loved One Direction. I adore Harry Styles still to this day. So I think it would probably be Harry Styles was like the big celebrity crush. Um, I also love Selena Gomez and Wiver- like Wizards of Waverly Place. So maybe those were like my two was Harry Styles and Selena Gomez. And then I have a very um, broad question, but advice for someone in high school. So I recognize that um, some of my followers, a lot of my followers ratio-wise are under the age of 18, and I take that in the way of like, I am very um, open and want y'all to know that I got your back. Um, I was relentlessly bullied from age 12 to 19, and so... um, I'm very thankful that y'all are here and listening. So I, I take this question um, with a lot of like awareness of what I say because I think a lot of y'all are listening like, oh my God, so it's talking about high school advice. I need to know. Um, y'all, I hated high school, okay? Um, I was not in a good place in high school. I had a lot of traumatic things happen to me um, and I had a lot of anger and I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't. Um, I was someone that was really, like, quote-unquote popular in school. Like, everyone knew me. I got along with multiple, like, different groups. My, my high school was very clicky because it was so big. People were just trying so hard to, like, find a group to be a part of. My graduating class in high school was 800 people, to give you, like, a frame of reference. So, I was friends with the choir kids and the theater kids and the field hockey kids and the football players and... Um, the water polo team and guys and girls and etc. But um, I I didn't have like friends that I hung out with outside of school. And so um, weekdays at school were fine, but coming home and weekends were really hard because I just I didn't have friends. Um, I had a lot of people that said they cared about me, but like not a ton of people that like I actually hung out with. Um, shout out to Mackenzie and Mary Kate as two people that still are my friends that um, helped me through high school so much. The hardest part about that was that um, my friend Mackenzie was a year older than me and my friend Mary Kate was a year younger than me. So we weren't even in the same grades. And although the, I was, you know, they were there for me, um, it was really hard and I didn't like high school. And I, for the longest time, didn't know if I was going to make it past high school. I was so upset with the world. Um, I felt so alone and I didn't think it could get better. And I got so mad at, mad at adults that told me it got better. I did. Like, I was so angry at any therapist that was like, well, you know, it gets better. Like, honestly, that's not what you want to hear as a teenager because it sucks right now. Like, okay, it might get better, but like, how am I going to deal with the situation I'm in now? Um, know that you have people in your corner know that so many people would miss you, okay, if you weren't in their life. Um, They might not say it, they might not show it in the way that you need, and that's something that's really frustrating is when you need love um, specifically, they might not give it to you in the way that you need, but please know that you are loved, you are valid, and as my father says, if you have one friend, you're doing a good job, and I got your back, and I'm your friend, okay? Um, That is why my DMs are open, that is why I accept questions. Um, transparently, I don't always respond to your messages, depending. I'm really big on um, anyone under the age of 
18 doesn't always get a response from me. It basically doesn't get a response from me due to child privacy laws um, and protection. But I am transparently telling you that I am here for you and I care. Um, and it, it will be okay. I promise. Okay, so um, I another topic I want to dive into is self-acceptance. Um, my friend Mackenzie that I just talked about asked me, have you changed mentally in the past year? Like, how's your mental health changed? Um, I am a whole different person than I was a year ago. Um, at this time last year, I was in a straight presenting relationship. I had gone to Hamilton. Um, I was with a guy that I absolutely loved and adored. I for sure broke his heart and it breaks me to think about, um, we literally had dated and then I think we took like a year, right, of like space and Disney and everything and then I went back to him and told him I wouldn't break his heart and we started dating and we broke up. Um, so mentally I wasn't doing the best. Um, I was then proceeding to date men. I was so deep in the closet. Um, I was working a corporate nine to five job that I was convincing myself I loved and I secretly like was not enjoying it whatsoever. Um, I was exhausted. I was, um, eating a donut for breakfast every single day, which isn't a bad thing, but like I was not taking care of myself. It was literally like donut and pizza rolls for dinner. And I was probably drinking a truly a night. Like I, I was not in a good spot. Okay. Um, and I'm 22 at this point, right? And now I'm 23. Um, my life has done a whole 180. The fact that I've been in a stable, healthy relationship with my partner for six months, the fact that I am exploring my gender, um, something I never thought I would do is huge and something I'm really proud of. And mentally, like, I have a new therapist and we've um, done so much work. And I think it's very, tra- like, a wi- like my friends that are around me can see it. They see there's a discovery and a journey that I'm going through. And that's not, like, just through TikTok, not just through, like, that's because of therapy. Um, I was not in therapy last year. I was so um, focused on my work life, so focused on my career that I didn't take care of myself. And I'm so much more aware of my mental health um although I work in a high-stressed environment as a barista like I am very aware like I work a five-hour shift my longest shifts are seven hours I'm done with the day and we're over it yes I just burped I'm so sorry um but I'm very I'm I'm happier um I'm not perfect and I have really bad days but that is something that um I am much more aware of like voicing and talking to the people around me like today is not a good day I need space today's a great day can we please hang out etc and I have surrounded myself with people that love me so much um I didn't have a lot of friends and because of social media um I have a lot of friends that are intentional like I could FaceTime so many of them and they would answer and I'm so 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 thankful for that to say the least so yeah And then um, how was your journey of discovery all these years? Like, how do you accept yourself is something that's just a deep question, okay? Um, Number one, that's a long question. I could be here for hours talking. Um, I guess the biggest thing of, like, how was your journey of discovery all these years and how do I accept myself was just, like, going through it. I, around the age of 20, started to realize how much life I had lived in such a short amount of time and that I didn't want... um, my narrative to be closed at any point I wanted to constantly be growing constantly evolving and learn that like this life has been given to me and I can't take that for granted 
Um, I have to find beauty in the little things. And when my days are bad, I still have a list on my phone of things that cheered me up that day. Um, and I journal quite a bit. So that, that's kind of a little bit of um, journey to discovery all these years. And I know that I'm not answering it crazy by any means, but... Yeah, those are those are all your questions, pals, and I am just so thankful for the platform that y'all have given me, um, and I appreciate it. I I really do, and it's wild for me to think that um, pals are here, and I want you to know that you're not alone in the emotions that you're feeling. You're valid. Um, questions are always allowed. Please let me know um, how we're feeling. You know that's why <laughs> this composed best literally is here is to talk about the messiness that life is, and we really, really try to keep it composed up in here, but it's difficult, and we gotta we gotta push that away. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening. My name's Soph. I use they, them, and he, him pronouns. And you've been listening to this composed mess. I hope you have a great week, and I will hear you next week. Bye. <laughs>